Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 24th of May. We do have a week from today till we hit the 31st, so we got last week of May coming up. And today is Questions Friday, and there's a question. There was two that I was going to answer today, but one of them disappeared off of the the page. I think it was Christopher's, and he put it on there, and I guess it's gone. So I do have um, two for today, but there's one that I really want to start with, and it's about compassion. Susan Auric writes, compassion is dot, 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 question mark. For real, what are we talking about when we talk about when we talk about it? And I'm thinking compassion, you know, feeling for someone else, feeling for yourself. How do you feel about yourself? But no, it's not about how we feel about ourselves. It's how we treat ourselves. Because how we feel about ourselves involves the love and self-love and self-worth. But compassion is different. You know how when we got through fear, doubt, worry, controlling, guilt, and guilt is the last one, and it's because once you felt all of those things, because you know you could do something about it, and you don't, you feel guilty. Because you're like, yeah, I could really take care of this, but why am I not doing that? Why am I not doing it? That's a big question. So we start getting mad at other people who did do it. We start judging people. We feel guilty. All this stuff starts coming out. But only because we just didn't face the issue we have. And I'm really very careful of, you know, classifying that if you're a narcissism or you have narcissism in you, one of the biggest components missing in your way of thinking is that you don't have compassion for yourself because narcissism is based on insecurity and very injured self-worth. That's why my heart goes out to them. And I realize that's why I want to help them. And when I got in to help them, they fought me so hard because seeing that vulnerability and seeing that insecurity in their mind was not them. They would not give it up. They would die before they admit it. And all these fights come out and this anger comes out and no compassion for themselves, which leaves none for you. So now let's talk about the non-narcissistic mind. And the reason I'm bringing that up is Christ said in Origins of Truth, I just didn't know what it was at the time, that there are two languages, the language of love and the language with lack of love. The language with the lack of love sounds like love, but it isn't love. So we get sucked in. 
that's the narcissistic mind that all of a sudden just shows up everywhere. But it's a completely different operating system than a mind that does not possess that lack of security. So you can look at it as a deeply rooted brain that can become more and more secure as it gets older through experience. And then you could look at a brain that just is so insecure that it has masked it with these false personas. Look, I'm great at my job. I'm great at this. I'm great at that. But if they're not, they just completely fall apart or they can totally physically hurt someone and turn around and have, and not all narcissists, there's different levels, just like there's different levels of security on one side. But compassion is a real component. So what is compassion? So I read all these comments, and there were a lot of them. And Liam Colley says, I think it's the personification of the energy of kindness. Maria writes, to me, is the feeling of love when understanding the process of growing our souls. Susan writes, I can totally relate to your comments, yet how do we feel when people who are close to are in misery or in pain or hurting, or when people who are in power do hurtful things? Example, <clears throat> compassion for Mr. Trump feels like dot, dot, dot. Compassion for a depressed family feels like Compassion for a refugee who assaulted a friend feels like. Compassion for a dying grandmother who regularly, who regular tantrums feel like. What are we talking about when we need to keep our safety distance but also grow compassion? How can we be upset and compassionate at the same time? Is that possible, even healthy? So Liam writes to Susan, it's a very complex set of questions you've asked, Susan. I think there is one simple answer to it. I feel we shouldn't be guilted or forced to have compassion when we don't feel it. I think what Maria says, it comes down to understanding, and we cannot be expected to understand every aspect of a situation like Christ or God does. Compassion and understanding are interlinked. But I feel you should start to have compassion on yourself and not feel bad for failing to have complete and utopian compassion for situations that are hard to process. Be kind to yourself, Susan. Time answers every question. So then Maria writes, hi, Susan. I understand where you are coming from. I feel sometimes like that, and I stop myself from getting into that circle because it gets overwhelming. Still, remembering Nadia's words, we know there is a bigger picture. God has a bigger plan for all of us. There is no one soul left behind. There is no one soul more important than another. No one landed from heaven without a plan. All of us have a support system around us. We choose our challenges before God and before entering this world. Trust in God. Trust he has our back. So as it continues, we are only human and we can change so much. It is overwhelming thinking in all the lack of love that is going on in the world. That will only bring us down. But I ask myself, what can I do to help? We are an example of a million. So every thought, every word, every action we do creates a ripple effect that expands and expands touching other souls. 
And then she went on to talk about the song of Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror, is a great example. And every day ends as it should. So when we leave judgment on the side, it gets a bit easier. My heart cannot bear the thought of children suffering, human race, animals, our beautiful planet. Then I remember all the words above. If I notice something that I don't like in me or others, what can I do? What can I change in me? Just be and act in our heart's direction. A lifetime work. I am sorry this is so long, but I thought the same as your comment before so many times. And all above is what I came as a conclusion. Be aware of our own lives and the lives of people around us. Doing what we can with love and passion. What, do what we think is right. Trust in God's plan. Isn't that cool? Christopher Sedre says, Endurance and bravery are beautiful qualities of a compassionate soul. When we judge others less, we encourage ourselves to notice what we love more in others, and that makes us happier. With truth understanding comes true love, compassion, and forgiveness. It is important that you understand that with true love comes spontaneous forgiveness, which does not need explanation. As And, and Christopher, you, you do a lot of religious um, um, bridges. So Jesus Christ said on the cross, God forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And then he prefaced the Bible verse. So then Eric Hillis says, I have compassion for myself for not being able to give a good answer to this question. And then Christopher says, compassion and love is not a thing of the mind. Therefore, to understand what compassion and love is, one has to totally be free of fear, doubt, worry, control, because there are things of the mind, not from God. And then it, it just got three hearts from Maria Dulce. So, there was a lot of conversation going on about compassion because it's like love. How do you define love? We feel it. I love this person. Why? I don't know. I just felt it the minute I saw them. A lot of really good friendships started that way. You just felt connected to someone. You could talk to them all day and all night. And that connection asks for nothing back. I have a couple of people in my life like that, that I met and I knew instantly I loved them. I didn't know what that meant. One was a man. I didn't know if that was going to be a relationship or what it was going to be. I never wanted anything from him. His love for me made me very happy and still does till this day. And I want absolutely nothing from him. Not a relationship that, you know, like a relationship relationship, just because he's a man, it would be something a lot of people think and thought. And people will look at me sideways or look at him sideways or look at us sideways when we're together. But nothing. Nothing like that. When I met him, I said to him, I want to run down the block, ring your doorbell, and come out and play. Why was I able to say that? Because the love was pure. 
purity is behind compassion. When we don't feel bad for the things that happen around us, we're a little callous. So if you can feel bad and say, oh, my gosh, that's horrible. Oh, my gosh, that's great. Oh, my gosh, I love this person. Or I love my kids. Or, you know, when my kids do something and it hurts their feelings, it really hurts me. But if we take on the pain and not look at it as something we can do something about or that we have to do something about every single wrong in our world, we can actually help, even if it is through prayer. And people, because prayer is invisible, people say, wow, yeah, you can pray all you want. doesn't mean people will stop being killed. doesn't mean people will stop being mean. I'm like, no, nah, that's been going on from the beginning of time and it will continue to go on because we have in our world an entire mind that operates not based on love. But in a world that's based on love, that's the compassion we see. So compassion is understanding love enough to know the different ways we can help. Needing to control a Trump. Trump is in there for four years. He may be out, he may not. We may have him for eight years. But in our history, that's a dot. It is crazy in the meantime. It is nutty in the meantime. Sometimes it's just flat out entertaining. Other times it's real and we worry and we wonder, but now we've been through that so many times. Now when I hear things, it almost bounces off my head. I've been hearing it. Everybody doesn't like each other in Washington. Everybody's getting exposed. You know, every stone is not unturned. But I do have compassion for those people. I say to myself, holy cow, thank God that my passion not compassion, my passion was love and not politics. Because I wouldn't last long in that environment. I would be like, we need to make a decision. We need to make a decision quick because people are getting hurt. There, there's such a internal war going on that they don't care who gets hurt as long as somebody gets their way along the way. So do I have control over that? No. I hear snippets here and there. I might read something here and there. I might find someone's opinion, which people in general have given up on it because you don't even really see that much about it online anymore. People are just like, ah, you know, it's out of control. Because they understand what's in their world and what isn't. Your other example, compassion for a depressed family member feels like it's not fun to watch anyone who's depressed. But if you're close enough to them, if they can receive you, because sometimes they want to push you away, and if you say anything, a fight will break out because they need to let something out, maybe, maybe not. Some people get depressed, they get very quiet. 
But if somebody is depressed, all you have to say, having compassion looks like, if there's anything you need, I am here. If you need to talk, I'm here. I'll just listen. I will only participate in the conversation if you ask me to. Otherwise, I know the value of talking out loud. And if you want to do that, it might help you take some of that out. I'm willing to be here. That's it. That's compassion. You can't change them. You can't fix them. And if they're taking out anger on you, then you have to have enough compassion for your own soul to not subject it to that if you can help it. Compassion for a refugee. My family's refugees. That's how they ended up in the United States. They couldn't wait for compassion from other people because the other people that were around them were dangerous to them. So they left. And they came here. That's enough compassion for themselves to not stay and be a perpetual victim and lucky for them that they were able to leave. Not everyone was able to leave. But because they had compassion for the people they left behind, they worked and sent money back so the people who were left behind were able to survive because they knew that there wasn't work for them anymore. Everything was taken. Their companies, their homes, their whatever they had was gone. And all they had was whatever food they grew in their backyard for a long time. My dad made a lot of money when he came here. He worked seven days a week for all of his life, not just part of it. All of it since he was 17 years old. He educated because he had compassion for himself, think about this one, because he only had a third grade education, enough to read and write. But he taught me that education did not equal intelligence. He taught me, I mean, he was a smart man. My dad was making over $100,000 in the 70s a year. But nobody knew it, not even us. I didn't even know what $100,000 was in the 70s. I didn't find that out until I was an adult. But it's because of what he did with his money. He turned around and educated everyone in his family, his father's family, his brothers and sisters. And he had seven of them. Five of them he put through college. Every single one of them came and lived with us and stayed with us and then went away to school and came back and my father paid every one of their bills. Now they grew up and they themselves, a couple of them were generous, one of them wasn't and the one that wasn't took from everyone else and it broke my father's heart because he realized he helped somebody who had absolutely no compassion, not even for my father. So compassion plays 
a big role. It might look like mean or feeling or unfeeling, but compassion is directly tied into the action of self-love. Because without it, you cannot do it. You can't you don't even understand why you would be compassionate. That's why some people, one of the most very low level, you know, narcissists, people who kind of blend in and you don't really know what you've gotten into because they're not like psychopathic narcissists. They're just narcissists. One of the most common things said to me from them is I don't like people. Why would someone say that? Because they don't have compassion for themselves. They don't like themselves. And if they don't like themselves, they're not going to like anybody else anymore. When you have an overwhelming love for people, what does that tell you about the person? Why are we attracted to those people? Because we know that they love themselves. There's no way they could do one without the other. So I want to continue down your list, Susan, because it's really important what you're asking. I've asked these questions early on. I didn't even understand why compassion was compassion. Like, why is that a big deal? But it's one of those little things that's a huge bridge because it's one of those bridges that we need to walk past because it is the action to what we feel inside. So compassion for a dying grandmother with regular tantrums feels like, and then you say, what are we talking about? When we need to keep our safety distance, but also grow compassion. We don't grow compassion. We have compassion. If you're a human being who has learned, I put myself in these situations and I don't in these. I do this, but I don't do that. And you know why. You say, you know what, this situation gives me anxiety, makes me feel bad, makes me feel like things aren't working, makes me feel like I'm hurting the situation more than helping it, being realistic about how you feel about it. My grandmother's dying, but she has regular tantrums. I go see my grandmother because she's my grandmother and she's dying. I want to see her. I know she may throw a tantrum of some kind, and she may not. I might get her on a good day. But I expect that, and I tell myself, okay, if that happens, I will just remain silent and let her throw her tantrum. I don't care what she says. I will kiss her. I will ask God to take care of her. I will pray for her. And then I will leave. That's knowing our lane. I'm not going to change her. I'm not going to stop her from having tantrums. Who am I to control her behavior? But if I can love her the way I understand love, and I don't need to attack her tantrums, I don't need to attack her for having tantrums, If I can do all that, 
I understand love enough to understand my own power within it. How can we be upset and compassionate at once? Ah, Many times I've been upset. Have a kid. You'll find out how you can be upset and compassionate at once. That's the funniest part of being a parent when you look back, not in the moment, because in the moment it's hard. But as you look back as your kid's growing up, or if you haven't had a child, how we feel about our parents sometimes. We may not like what they've said. They may upset us. What they said may even be true, but we're not ready to face it. But we don't destroy them by telling them how bad they are or how bad this is or how bad that is. And we don't have to take down the whole fort because we're upset. We just have to say, that really hurts my feelings. That's as compassionate as you can get in an argument. Those words, that really hurts my feelings. The five words that can stop an argument. Because when you say that, you're telling them the truth. That this is why you are having this argument, but you don't want to argue about it. It just hurt your feelings. That was one of my hardest five words to ever learn because I could not admit that my feelings were hurt. I didn't even know that that's why I was arguing earlier, earlier on in my life. I was just hurt and I wanted to show them, prove to them that I was hurt because of what they did. So I started with what they did and I wanted them to admit that they did it. But I was dealing with people who wouldn't admit those things. So I was hitting the wall every time. So then I would try to, as the examples came up, say, but this is, this is why you did this. And, and I didn't know that what they didn't want was to be accused of doing anything. So I was spinning in arguments with people who were already hurt, were already insecure, and I was pushing that button, but I didn't know it because I thought I was dealing with it logically. Logic doesn't work well with feelings, just so you know. Because people don't want to hear the logic. They want to feel like they weren't a total mess up. And I thought they couldn't see how bad they hurt me. And a part of me wanted them to feel that pain. But all I had to say were those five words. That hurt my, or that really hurt my feelings. And then once you say that, they go, oh, wow, sorry about that. I didn't actually mean to do that. That they could answer. Because that's objective. Because they can say, oh, that hurt her feelings, but I didn't mean that. And this is why I didn't mean it. That's a conversation. But when I say, but you did this, now I'm accusing them, I'm judging them, I've just thrown them under the bus, they feel horrible, they want to prove to me they didn't do it, and boom, there we go into a full-blown argument. I just didn't know any better. I wasn't a good arguer. 
And then for a long time, I told myself, oh, man, I just don't like confrontation. Well, yeah, I don't like confrontation. I was confronting people and making them feel bad with a big heart. People I loved. But I didn't know. Hence why I love doing the show, because when we can talk about that and put that out there, all I can tell exactly what everyone said in this thread, everybody went around it in such a beautiful way of just having the conversation is that compassion is an action to love. It's what we do with the love we have and knowing what's ours and what isn't. And knowing that we can be upset, but we don't have to destroy everything in our past. That's healthy understanding of what exists around you so that you can deal with the stuff that happens that you feel is so out of your control. Because we're going to feel that stuff. We're going to feel hard stuff. I mean, we're human beings. There are things that can make me mad very quickly, but I also understand how to carry myself through that situation. And because I do, by the time I go to bed at night, it's already said and done. You guys have a great weekend. What a great question. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, everybody who participated in that conversation. I will see you guys Monday morning. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.